Welcome to the Dating BFF. Consider this your hands-free phone call on the road, your hot gossip over brunch, or your space to feel seen and heard in regard to the struggles of dating and relationships in today's world. I'm your host, Sydney N. I've been through my share of struggles and heartache to find the one. And while it's a daily challenge, I'm staying optimistic and taking you along with me. Here, you'll find juicy storytime episodes and want to hug our guests that give us real insight into how we can turn our luck around. And hopefully, we'll do it with many laughs along the way. I believe that love still has a fighting chance. Let's navigate modern dating together. Make sure you follow me on social media for additional goodies and share this episode with a friend to gift them company in the courtship process. Please take a second to leave a review and subscribe. You're listening to The Dating BFF. Hello, friends. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I'm so excited that you're here. If you're in a relationship on Valentine's Day, power to you. It's nice to make it special. If I was in a relationship, this would be my dream V-Day. Here we go. The perfect Valentine's Day for me would go a little something like this. I make him breakfast in bed. Then we go on a hike. Then we get a little tired. So we shower and we take a nap and relax. And then later in the afternoon, we do a spa day or a massage, because that's always welcome. And I absolutely love giving massages, but boy, do I like to receive them too. And then he surprises me with flowers and chocolates, because who doesn't like the classics? And then he takes us out for dinner and surprises me with all my favorite desserts. Sounds good, right? Yeah, that's the dream. But happy Valentine's Day also to the people who are single. And as a single person, there is no denying that these days look completely different. Last year, I was newly single and I was so happy to be. He sucked. I spoiled myself, guys. It ended up being like one of the most amazing days that I had that year. I started the day off with an early morning walk on a beautiful trail near my house with a tasty latte from like this really local amazing coffee shop. And then I still had to work, but (laughs) afterwards I ordered food through DoorDash and I prepared a really nice bubble bath and I bought a couple new products that I had been wanting to try, like new bath salts and bath oils that were great for my skin. And then after that, I put a face mask on and painted my nails as I watched, guess, oh my gosh, my voice. Am I losing my voice right now? No. No not on episode one. I painted my nails as I watched Harry Potter. Oh, with a glass of Malbec or something. I'm pretty sure it was Malbec. That's my favorite red. Um, I've been, I've been really trying to explore, explore different lines, but yeah, possibly with a glass of Malbec. That was the most amazing day. And I, I just had, I don't know why I even waited towards to Valentine's Day and waited this long to like treat myself like that. But 
yeah, being single doesn't always have to suck on V-Day and you just have to do a little planning, you know, um, the same as if you were with someone, I made an absolute amazing day out of Valentine's day. And so can you, I believe in you. I've also had really horrible Valentine's days where I spent it. (laughs) They've been bad. I've spent it feeling triggered. I've felt unlovable. I've spent it sitting at home thinking about past relationships and the fear of being alone forever. (laughs) I've, I've, I get dramatic too. Like I, I go for the drama sometimes. Um, I've missed my ex. I've worried. I've cried. And of course, social media made it way worse by seeing a glorified version of what couples were doing, like the dinner dates and the double dates, the trips, the cards and candies and letters and gifts and flowers and so on and so on. The photos and the reels that just made me feel more alone than ever. So once I found like a way to make this one of the best days ever, I finally figured out what it meant to treat myself, like really do it and go in with the intention of having a great day. I think that mindset is super important to have a good day. Like you have to choose it, you know? Um, And I intend on making Valentine's Day great and it's going to be my intention no matter what season I'm in, like, I'm probably going to fail one of these years, but like, just like try, you know, I'm just going to try to have my Valentine's Day be great, no matter whether I'm in a relationship, single, just coming out of it, like, I'm going to make it great for myself. Um, So yes, you are here. This is the dating BFF. And Today is the debut of me leaving my comfort zone and starting this. I'm sure people I know in my personal life will hear this. And I'm even sure some of my exes will be listening as well. And that has stopped me for like the last year and a half from starting this. But I've just decided their opinions aren't going to stop me from really going going for it. So um, I'm nervous, but excited. I've never podcasted. I might sound like a complete noob because I am a complete noob. <laughs> I haven't been online or even posting at all since like 2020. And I don't know how this will be received, but I know that I have a passion for the subject of navigating modern dating. And I don't know what it's going to look like a year from now, but I'm committing to the process as a complete new person in the space with no friends in the space and just figuring it out as I go. And the only thing that I feel right now in this moment is just I'm full of excitement. I'm fully excited. I'm fully in excitement. So I'm your host. Sydney N. And my status is single. You might be single as well, or you might have a boyfriend 
or a girlfriend, or maybe you're married or you're just interested in love and relationship talk. Um, I started this because I believe that we were all created for relationships. And even if you're single and you don't feel like you are, you are created for relationships. But when it comes to a relationship with a significant other, that relationship can feel just different. And it's more difficult because of how intimate it is. If you're dating with the intention of getting married in your future and you're trying to find someone that you can see yourself possibly having children with, someone with the same beliefs as you, maybe politically or beliefs in God, someone you enjoy looking at for the most part, and someone you get along with and will hopefully be your team member for life itself. That's hard. Like those requirements, like we don't have that for anybody else. So I think we can be a little pickier when it comes to this just because of that. Now, I love the feeling of meeting somebody new. I really, really, really don't like first dates because I think they're just so uncomfortable and I'm trying to get past that. But I love the feeling of meeting somebody new that like you're really clicking with. And when there's that mutual interest, it's amazing. Am I, am I right? It's amazing. When I meet someone that I see potential in, that feels like the answer to a prayer that I've prayed for a really long time. It's great. It's like the best feeling moving from date one to date two, three, four, five. And then date 10, you're like, wow, wow. (laughs) So having the guy or girl become just more familiar to you and building experiences with them is great. I mean, it makes me want to share with my mom and my friends, but there's always something holding me back. And I think a lot of people can feel that I'm excited, excited about you, but I am hesitant to share with like my family. Um, I've never wanted to get too excited too quickly. I think twice about sharing somebody new I've met because I don't want to mention someone who isn't going to be in my life for long. And I don't want to mention someone who I don't know well enough to really see if we're a good fit. And when it ends, because I'm single, so that means it's always ended, (laughs) which sucks to say it that way. But moving on, I really hate breaking that news that it's over. It makes me feel almost ashamed that I couldn't keep that thing alive. And I start to wonder what's wrong and why is it not working? And it's just a place where I really want to grow myself. So I'm here for a new chapter. For so long, I felt like I was the only one struggling with dating, even though I know that's absolutely not true. Millions of people feel this way and they're struggling with dating this year and I don't know, like post pandemic dating is what I'll just call it. Um, but for a lot of people, like if you have friends that are married or all your siblings are married, it can just feel like you're singled out and it, your singlehood can feel very 
isolated and lonely because your community isn't in the same season as you. So I wanted to build this platform for others to share their stories as well. Um, And for me to share mine with you, of course, for entertainment, but also in hopes that we can all grow together and laugh together and do all those cheesy things together that you see on a sign in your mom's house. Um, Dating is supposed to be fun. And it was always supposed to be fun. And I think somehow it's become hard and not so fun to the point where people just don't want to do it. And so many people hate the apps. And if you love them, please tell me how. Because I don't get it. I don't like the apps. People seem jaded. And I don't know if it's just like because of social media or if it's due to apps gamifying our love lives or if it's just because I'm dating guys in their 30s, like 30 and up. Well, like not up infinity, like just guys in their 30s. Or if it's the city I live in, which is Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I'm originally from the Bay Area and I moved around California a lot as a kid, but I spent most of my like K through 12 years in the East Bay of San Francisco between Oakdale, Antioch, and San Ramon. And growing up, I was one of five kids. I have an older half sister and three younger brothers. Our house was lively and I don't know, I guess pretty disorganized and chaotic. <laughs> but we always had a roof over our head, food on the table, and we lived in safe neighborhoods. So we were blessed for sure. High school was as hard for me as it is any teenager. Those are hard years. And I can't believe we just say, let's stick thousands of kids that are going through so many hormonal changes all in one space and they'll be fine. Like, that's crazy to me. But yeah, I I had a hard time in high school. I floated between groups of friends and I never really had a core group. I was in drama and choir and cross country and track. And I had one best friend that I spent the majority of my time with, like for lunch and stuff. Um, I had one relationship the entire time and he lived about like 45 minutes away from me in Antioch. He was in the old town that I had just moved from. So we didn't attend the same high school. And then I left for college and I went to San Diego State University, go Aztecs, um, and we broke up my freshman year. He cheated on me and not only was it my first breakup, but on top of that, it was ended with betrayal. And I took that so hard. I was depressed for nearly five months. I was 18 years old. I was self-harming by piercing myself by pushing earrings through my skin, like through my ears. I was drinking vodka straight from the bottle in my bedroom and crying 
lots of crying and wondering how someone I trusted with my life could cheat. I grew up sheltered. So when I got to my sophomore and junior year of um, college at SDSU, I was constantly partying. And when I turned 21, I was at the clubs with my roommates just having a crazy time. And I wanted a long-term relationship then, but I just didn't want to have a boyfriend for some reason. I liked being single and free, and I wasn't really in a place to have a true, committed, long-term relationship. Plus, I wanted to move to LA after college and meet new people. And I didn't really know how to value a relationship or exclusivity then, so I remained single, and I think that was really the right choice for me at the time. Um, And after college, I did what I dreamed of. I've moved to L.A., and I lived in super gross downtown L.A. I actually lived right across from the Cecil Hotel. If you've guys seen um, the documentary on the Cecil Hotel on Netflix, it's crazy. I actually lived there the same year that they found the girl in the hotel, like the dead girl, but... Yeah, I just really was flying by the seat of my pants. I was going for it. I um I ended up in an all girl an all girl pop band and it was called Girl Radical. You can still probably find some videos online. And at the time, I was going through an image identity crisis. I dyed my hair bright pink and then I didn't like that, so I went back to brunette. And then I wanted it bright pink again. So I put bleach in my hair and it fell out when I was showering. Like I put shampoo in my hair, was rubbing it in my hair. And with the shampoo falling (laughs) came my hair as well. I was pulling out like chunks, just like chunks everywhere. And it was like, it was pretty scary. And I knew I had done messed up. So I rocked wigs sew-ins and then like this Halle Berry cute short hair bob thing for a while and there's this one picture of me where my hair is short but growing back in and I promise you I look like Bruno Mars (laughs) I don't know I'll post I'll post the photo of that on my dating BFFs Instagram you can find it at the dating BFF but I look like actual Bruno Mars, like young Bruno Mars. <laughs> and at the time, we filmed music videos and we rubbed elbows or bumped elbows, I don't know, with celebrities. Um, we never made it big, but I met some of my best friends there. And I think my favorite part of the whole experience of being in a girl group was just not knowing how it was going to end. Like, It could be a huge success or it could just be get your butt back in college, which is the way it ended up. But the journey was the best part. I really loved it. And I loved the surprise ending, like not knowing what was going to happen. And I just love driving to the studio, to my producer's place and recording, being in the booth, having my headphones on having the mic in front of me and just singing my heart out. I've always loved 
music. I've always loved writing and singing and being creative. And so at the time I had crushes. This was about like 10 years ago, but there was one guy who slid into my DMs on Instagram and we ended up having a three-year relationship. Now, he was a drummer and a producer. We lived together at the time and we made music together. And I'll just say, I don't think it's a good idea to live together before marriage for many reasons. But one I'd like to share is if it ends bad, it feels like I don't know. It just feels less of a breakup and more like the end of the world, (laughs) to put it less dramatically. (laughs) But yeah, me and my boyfriend at the time, we loved eating at new places all around San Diego. We were cooking together. We were doing live shows together because he would play drums and I would sing. And we spent the evening watching documentaries and listening to music and he was my partner and best friend at the time. And I wish it had turned out better, but I felt that he wasn't the person I was supposed to marry. Um, and I didn't see a future with him. And by the end, we just needed to end it. Our fights really started escalating. And for safety reasons, I moved out. And there have also been some really great relationships I've been in. There was this guy I met unexpectedly at the San Diego fair. And when I saw him dancing and I saw his joy, I just wanted to be around him. He just made me feel so happy. And I was genuinely laughing around him. He was just so authentically himself. And I think that's so attractive when someone is so true to who they are. He was so magnetic and funny and really, really cute. And when we made it official, he flew north to San Francisco from San Diego to visit my family. And I met his family. They lived in San Diego, so it was easier. But I absolutely loved his siblings, his parents, even his grandparents. They basically became my family. We had more serious talks and wanted to get married and we started looking at wedding rings and that's something you don't forget, like looking at rings together. Like I remember every ring we looked at, every place we went to. One day we walked up to the engagement ring store and it was closed. Like the jewelers were closed. We just ended up sitting outside of the store on a bench and had a deep talk. We decided not to get married right there in front of the shop. That was hard because he was my best friend. He's still a good friend to this day, but our values didn't align. And I hate hearing myself say that, but hear me out because at the time I didn't realize how important it was to be sure that we needed to decide if we both really want to be parents. Like, that's a big thing. Like, thinking you're going to get married and then you're like, all right, let's have babies. And the other person's like, wait a second, no. 
(laughs) And just to not have that conversation beforehand, like, thank goodness we had that talk. I felt that it was so meant to be that that shop was closed that day and that we sat in front and we just had our deep talk there. And then like, it was just so necessary. Um, yeah, we broke up right there. I just like reminiscing on it. I just, it's kind of sad, but I don't know. I guess it needed to happen. I have nothing but love for the guy. He was so nice. Like, He was an amazing man to date. I saw what respect in a relationship looks like with him. And I learned how to lift somebody else up. I learned how to be a good girlfriend and a good partner. And I learned how to trust again in a relationship. So they were very pivotal healing years for me. We broke up at 30 years old. And after learning a lot about myself and what I wanted, I was now more ready than ever to find a life partner. I was ready to date intentionally and find someone that my values aligned with. And still only in retrospect, can I say I still didn't really know. I was one foot here, one foot there. Like I wasn't fully committed to anything. Like I was kind of waiting for the guy to appear in front of me and tell me who he was. And then I was just willing to jump on board with that. So I hadn't really found myself yet. You know, I was like, I I was Christian and I loved God, but I wasn't fully willing to put both feet in that world. You know, like I wanted one foot in the world still. And, you know, stupidly, I was looking for someone else who was equally as confused as me. And I wanted him to be confused as confused the same way I was confused only I just didn't realize it was confusion. I was just like, I I was like handpicking exactly the way he felt about every situation. And that's impossible. Like I can't duplicate myself and expect someone else to just be the duplicate of me. It just, it really didn't make any sense. I'm sure now about what I want and what I'm looking for, but finding it is so hard. I think that my list is pretty short. God, family, attractive to me, has a great sense of humor, and they're driven, and just someone that I can be a a teammate with, like someone that I can work together with, someone that's flexible, and someone that I can figure life out together with. So I think that's like six things, God, family, attractive, great sense of humor, and driven, and a teammate. Those things are important, and what I am excluding is other things that were on the list when I was a lot, lot younger and when I didn't really think about what I wanted. And this short list is not dime a dozen. And I think a lot of people can like agree with that. Um, In my few years that I've been ready for the real thing, I've asked myself, have I waited too long? Did all the good men get married? Am I left with the non-committals, the jaded boys, or the players of the world. And I ask myself that, but not really, because I don't think so. But in my frustration, I can believe it. I think that the dating world has just changed. Communication has changed. And to adapt, we need to learn and pivot. It's still possible to find love, but it's going to take some work. And one way I think it's really changed is today's world 
says, guys are creepy if they approach you. So because of this, men have an extreme fear of being labeled as creepy. Creepy is the thing men avoid. And it makes sense. Like, I agree with them. I wouldn't want to be called creepy either. So how do they choose to not be creepy? They don't bother you. And they don't approach you. They don't ask you out. So how can women help change this narrative here? Even though it's not our responsibility, how can we help our own cause? Well, we can stop calling all men creepy. Let's know what creepy is. Stalking, pressure for sex, not accepting the word no, someone who makes you genuinely fear for your safety is a creepy man, not a guy who walks up to you saying hello that you don't know at a bar telling you that you're beautiful and offering to buy you a drink and seeing if you want to meet up later that week. None of that is creepy. Even if you don't think he's cute, even if you don't think he's interest, if, if he's interesting, or even if, even if you never want to see him again, like it doesn't make him creepy. So let's not over label and give the title where it's due. I think a great way to let a man know if it's safe to approach you is give a brief and friendly like eye contact. Say hello when you walk by them. And don't be on your phone when you're around them because we want to send the message to the guy that we're interested. Does this make sense? <laughs> um, I'm a single girl who's in her 30s, who's learned a lot over the years by making a lot of mistakes. And I'm happy to share those mistakes with you and some of the insights that I've gained along the way. This podcast is really a place to come hang share stories, and learn together with me. I have some really great guests lined up for the season, and I cannot wait for you guys to meet them. Make sure to follow me on my socials at The Dating BFF. Uh, I'm so excited to make new friends and to meet new people and to be on this journey of understanding ourselves and the people around us better. Um, I really do believe no matter whether you're single in a relationship now, engaged, married, divorced, or widowed, that you'll be able to find something here that will pique your interest and at least entertain you for those long car rides home or moments that you just have to yourself to think about your own love life. This is a long-awaited moment. So without further ado, we are officially kicking off the Dating BFF. Come back next week, meet some of my favorite people as we dig into more dating topics. All right. Bye, you guys. I'll see you next time.